Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, now presented by Scentlock, which is a pretty big change to take place. And our hope is to, uh, in the very near future, hopefully um, in the next couple of weeks, have um, Steve from Scentlock on and Alec um, to talk about kind of the joint effort between Scentlock and Bear. Uh, but we do have the pleasure, and Alec, you've never been on the podcast before, so I grew a little bitter against you. Uh, <laughs> but we've got Alec Wyman, Marketing Director from Bear Archery, on with us today. How are you, Alec? I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Excited we could finally make it work. Yeah, we have... a. Uh, it's funny, man, because, you know, we're constantly, uh, in conversation and, and, you know, we've, it's been one of those things where I've wanted to have you on for a long time. And, and, uh, you know, we've even been in person on hunts before and just, we've, we've never had the opportunity to sit down and do a podcast. So, um, I'm excited, man. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I'm excited to see what comes out of this. Um, just (laughs) all the stories and things that have happened in the last year. Speaking of stories, We've got also on the phone, or not on the phone, he's with me in person. Uh, we've got Mr. Gabe Ledbetter, who's been on the show uh, a couple times before. Gabe, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Glad to be here. It's early morning. Uh, Gabe's only on his seventh cup of coffee, um, so he might not be in it yet. And but... I'm out going into this podcast, so that's not good. <laughs> yeah. We might have to take a uh, break real a quick. A coffee session. Yeah. No, he said, Alec, you said, uh, hey, you think you're going to have time to make another cup of coffee for this? And I said, Probably. And then we <laughs> ran into a situation where I couldn't find the cables I needed. And so I was running around frantically and uh, didn't have time to make him coffee. So now he's mad at me. <laughs> hey, just going to throw this out there real quick for you that don't know. Dylan can make an absolute bomb cup of coffee. I'm, I'm really impressed. So uh, just add that to your notes of can do's for Dylan. He can make a really good cup of coffee. You know, hey, it's one of my, <laughs> it's, there's not many things I'm good at. But that's one of them. What do you call that thing? An AeroPress? AeroPress, um, which is the finest, like, backcountry or camping or throw-it-in-your-pack coffee system the world's ever known. Phenomenal cup of coffee. It's incredibly light. It makes a phenomenal cup of coffee, and it can hold your coffee grounds while you're in the, like... This is not even a commercial for AeroPress, is it? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but it just makes really good coffee. Alec, real quick before we dive in, uh, give us a quick introduction to yourself, um, how long you've been at Bear, how you kind of got there, and uh, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been here for just over a year. Um, originally grew up in the Midwest and grew up shooting bears uh, for quite some time, come from very... Uh, a, a family very involved in the outdoors. So hunting's always been one of my 
big passions. And uh, my background is in marketing. I graduated from Western Michigan University, go Broncos, and um, was down in Houston for four years uh, managing a sales and marketing team uh, in the automotive industry and wanted to get back to the Midwest and the opportunity presented itself and did not hesitate to uh, to jump on the opportunity. And it's been a wild ride. Um, Dylan, uh, we've had the pleasure of working pretty close together. So you're, you're very familiar with um, all the events and growth the brands have seen in the last couple of years. Um, but it's, it's been a great 2020 and then now 2021 for all the brands, which kind of all fall under my, uh, my role. So I handle the marketing and um, all aspects for bear archery, Cajun bow fishing, trophy ridge, sick broadheads, and rocket broadheads. And might I just say, but before we really dive into this, um, I want to make something very, very clear and apparent. And that is that this podcast will still be a bear archery podcast. Uh, um, but Scentlock has been a long friend of me personally, uh, of the show, and of Bear Archery. And so we just kind of felt it a really good fit. And, and they have stepped up in a big way to to help present this podcast. And so, um, Alec, what is that really quick before we dive in? And again, I, I really want to have Steve on to dive into this deeper. Um, but what is what does that relationship with Bear and Scentlock actually look like and mean to each each company? Well, the brands just from the get-go um, align so perfectly, um, whether it comes to content or even more importantly, consumer. Uh, you know, the, the hunter or huntress that's buying one of our bear bows, um, a lot of them fall into the same market that Steve and, and his brands, Blocker and, and Scent Locker, are marketing to as well. So it's it's cool for Steve and I to be able to work together on a lot of joint partnerships and uh, campaigns over the course of, you know, the season. Yeah. So the, the partnership just makes sense on all levels um, from a marketing standpoint, especially Steve and I are able to collaborate because we have so many shared partners within the industry. Um, and then also when we're looking for content or, a new opportunity presents itself. It's uh, whether it's myself presenting it to Steve or Steve presenting a new opportunity to one of our brands. Um, it's just so much more efficient. And the entire team over at Nexus and Scentlock and Blocker is just the best that you could possibly ask for. Yeah, no, I tell, you know, anybody I talk with about, you know, the companies that I get to work with and, and help represent, um, Bear Archery and Scent Locker at the top of those two lists. And, uh, and, and bar none, just the greatest companies in the world to work with. I second that. You know, Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, outside of, of, of what you guys do for the industry and, and, and conservation and, and getting kids involved in the, in, in the, in the outdoors, whatever that might be, just in terms of ease to work with and, and phenomenal guys to deal with. It's Baron Scentlock or, or Baron Nexus, I should say. Um, so I'm incredibly excited to have Scentlock step up and be um, the title sponsor of the podcast because they are, and they've long since been that for me, just a great company to work with. And, and I know they've been that for Bear. So I uh, couldn't think of a better fit. And I'm excited to have those guys on board with us. I agree. I think it's just another example of a perfect opportunity for the, the brands to work together. And I'm excited, excited to see where it goes. 
Yeah. Now, before we jump in, because this, like Alex said, this is going to be a fun episode. I can already tell you that. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to our friends over at Selway. Um, they make the finest quivers for any traditional bow that you could possibly imagine. And they have their grayling quiver, which is, is um, made to look like Fred Bear's quiver. And it's that old school green with the old school bear logo and just a phenomenal quiver. So go check out Selway Archery for all of their quivers um, because they're just, they're phenomenal. So Alec, I've got a question for you. So Gabe was present for this one. <laughs> Gabe, me and Gabe and Alec and a couple other buddies were in South Texas hunting. And uh, Alec had a, a pretty unique um, whitetail story. And and it's probably been mentioned on the podcast before, and uh, but I just don't want to tell your story for you. So, um, you shot a, a a pretty nice whitetail down in Texas, but but something pretty pretty awesome happened afterwards. <laughs> so we're gonna start there. So <laughs> just diving right into to that story. <laughs> let's just yeah. let's just jump right into this thing. Go right to all we're the. Not, we're not wasting any time <laughs> here, Alec. <laughs> so for. Those that haven't heard the story before, we were down in Texas in, I don't know, what was it, the second week of January this year. So basically the last week of Texas bow season or, or whitetail season. And I think it was the last day or second to last day. Um, and, you know, we hadn't been having a lot of luck all week. You know, we had tagged out on a couple javelinas and, and hogs, but weren't having a lot of luck with whitetail. And uh, I was sitting and was watching this buck for a couple days and finally had the opportunity to take a shot. And because it was so late in the season, the deer was so close to shedding its antlers that when I shot and it took off, it dropped both antlers, like clean dropped them. So <laughs> when we walk up to it, it's kind of like, Oh, there's a shed there. And we didn't at first put it together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until it was like that's a fresh shed and looks exactly like the buck that i just shot and then you walk up to the deer and it's like there's a doe laying on the ground in front of you but <laughs> it was just such a surreal experience and what made this more entertaining let me jump in right there is everybody loves alec you know and we're on that trip and it becomes very apparent very quick that it's been a lifetime lifetime dream for Alec to kill a Texas whitetail. And we're we're trying hard to make that happen. And then it finally does. And the horns fall off. So we're just all kind of like, oh, really? It's got to happen that way? You know, he, he finally lives his dream out. And then he can't even walk up on the buck with the horns on it. He just has to, he has to trail the deer and find the horns as he's, as he's going along. <laughs> hey, it made for an exciting and eventful trip. And the laughs, I just... Just thinking about it makes my stomach hurt from how hard we were laughing. I still, um, but I still have both yeah. of those sheds sitting on my coffee table at home. So <laughs> every time I look at them, it's just a trip down memory lane. That's we need, awesome. We need to get one of them uh, European mount kits to where you just screw the horns onto yeah. the, the fake skull. That'd be yeah. perfect. So speaking of European mounts, um, have you ever tried this, Gabe or Alec, either one of you, um, burying your skulls? Because I just got done, um, shot a whitetail probably in November, and I just buried it right then and there. Uh, didn't have to do any kind of skinning, didn't take anything. I buried the whole head. And uh, I pulled it out, um, I guess, end of last week, and it's just bare bone. Like, I just had to power wash it off, now I'm going to bleach it, and it's going to be ready for the wall. I didn't have to do anything to it. Now, I'm not saying it's the best method. 
I, d- I didn't say it's going to turn out the best the best skull. Um, obviously, obviously, if you flesh out that that skull right then and there, and you boil it and bleach it right then, you're going to get a cleaner skull. Um, it, it's going to be wider. I didn't say this is the best method. Certainly not the quickest method, but it is the least amount of work you could ever do on a European mount. Literally dug a little hole, buried it, put a toad over it, so no animals got it, and I dug it up five months, six months later, and it's clean. I have tried that. The problem was is I was a little kid, and uh, it was one of the first deer I'd ever killed, so I couldn't keep myself from digging it up. So I just dig, dig it up so often that I, I guess it never worked, but I need to try that again because I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. Worked flawlessly. Now, your brother, because um, I was talking to your brother about it, and he's like, just let me give you some advice. Wrap it in a towel first. And I'm like, why? He's like, because that's going to keep the dirt off of it. Won't keep the bugs and everything off of it from eating the flesh, but it'll keep the dirt off of it, and you'll get a wider skull. Um, and sure enough, man, when I pulled that out, the towel and everything just flaked right off of that, and I've got a skull. It was wow. really cool. That is cool. Power washed it. Now I'm going to bleach it. It's right for the wall. Again, not the best method. Um but if you're if if you're looking for an easy method, that's the way to go. Because yeah, you don't sure. have to, and, and the least amount of nastiness involved. Because oh, you don't have to boil a, a, a skull and and uh, stink up your entire neighborhood. And have um, you ever known somebody that's boiled the skull inside their house? Um, I've heard about it. Those people, might I say, are a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those people Terrible are lacking in, in common sense. I'm telling you. Because I don't know how you get that. I can't get the stench out of my neighborhood, much less my house. <laughs> I remember one time uh, I made the mistake. I was a young married guy. Oh, was going to uh, be good. And I just grabbed any old pot from the kitchen and went out and boiled a skull. Yeah. And, dude, old mama came out that door. <laughs> and she said, that's my best pot. That's my Betty Crocker Deluxe. Like, well, um, I mean, I can clean it out and give it back to you. And she, <laughs> she didn't want that pot back. Pioneer woman went around back then. It, right. It okay. Um, Alec, you got any, any hunting plans for this fall? You know, at the moment, I've just, uh, I'll spend a lot of time here in the Midwest, bouncing between Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana, um, hoping to make it back down to Texas again um, at some point this year, because that was just a blast last year. Um, definitely, definitely need to get that moving if, if this group can get our kind of shit together and <laughs> come up with a plan on where to hunt down there. Um, but other than that, I've just been so busy this summer that I'm really kind of taking this fall to, to regroup. We've got our launch here in a couple months. Um, so that's taking up a lot of my time, but you know, any opportunity that presents itself, definitely interested in, but I plan on uh, spending most of my hunting time up here in the Midwest. Which hopefully, hopefully by some graces, we can find all of ourselves back in Texas again on another group hunt because that was an absolute blast. I'm telling you. And, and Alec, man, anybody ever been in camp? Ask yourself this question right now. Been in camp with a guy, and, and everybody has, but everybody's out shooting bows, and then there's that one guy that never pulls out his bow, never shoots. That's Alec. But listen, I'll tell you what. Like, Did he not drill that deer? Absolutely, he did. Like, dude, I'm he, telling you. He didn't need to shoot. He's like, no. you guys need to go out there and practice. I'm ready. <laughs> but that guy never never shot an arrow, man. Just goes out there and just 12 rings a thing. But Alex, that guy, for you guys listening to this podcast, that's him. In in my defense, <laughs> the, the weeks leading up to that month, I was so excited that, I mean, every single week, we're fortunate to have ranges here at the, the office. So every single day I was shooting twice a day. 
morning, afternoon. So, oh, so it finally I comes out. I put in my work before. He didn't tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I'm ready. I got this. <laughs> Gabe, what do you got playing this this fall? Man, I'll tell you what, it's coming. It'll be right around the corner. We're sitting around here in August, and uh, it'll be September before you know it. Heading out west, man, going to chase some elk. And uh, as you can imagine, I'm beyond excited about that. That's uh, that's always my first hunt back after the summer break, man. And I'm just, I'm so pumped about it. Just praying and asking God that everything works out good now, you know, because just, just trying to go in it prepared every way possible. Didn't you know? COVID cancel your last elk hunt? So there was a scare there for a little bit. We talked about, you know, because Colorado, they were, there was a lot of talk going around about that they weren't going to allow any out-of-state hunters. That actually ended up not happening. Thanks, thank goodness. And uh, we we had to we had some good hunts out there. So that did not happen. And as as of right now, it's not going to affect anything either. So we're just going full force with it. Speaking of um, fall plans, uh, I'm starting off my fall in Missouri with you. That's right. And uh, that's going to be a blast. Um, too bad Alec can't make it down, huh? <laughs> uh, man, I wish I could. Um, I, I still need to get out there and uh, check out Gabe's place. But um, y- you know how the fall is for us. Uh, I mean, I'm up to my eyeballs. The entire team over here is up to our eyeballs and getting ready for this new launch. And I hate to break it to you, but I think that hunt takes place like the week before your launch. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, reroute. <laughs> so I don't think it's possible. You think I should send him that picture that I sent you? Which that tr- the trail cam picture? I said, will this spot be okay? Yeah. We're si- I was sitting there, and Alec, I, was, uh, I don't remember what I was doing, but I get a text from Gabe, and it said, will this spot be all right? And uh, the picture hadn't come through yet, so I'm like, texted the wrong person or you know gabe's just you know being dumb i you know i didn't know (laughs) and uh then comes through a trail cam picture of like 12 deer 14 deer and like seven or bucks and i'm like yeah you can put me there i'm fine with that yeah (laughs) and they're like same time every day i mean like patterned out (laughs) just keep rubbing it in guys i thank you (laughs) i mean you have the invite the invites there, it's priorities, and as much as I wish I could be there, um, this I'm excited for this launch. And, and Dylan, you've kind of already gotten a peek behind the curtain, so you know it's going to be a good year for for the brands, and I'm, I'm just excited for it to get here. Man, I'm excited because um, I've I've long since heard that, um, and and really, um, Chris Perino has been the one that has said it many times, but. He's constantly been been raging about the Kodiak 59 being one of the greatest hunting bows ever. Um, I've never came across it in a place where I could shoot it. I, I've always thought it was the most beautiful bows that Bears ever made, but I finally got to shoot it, and that thing is a fun bow to shoot. Everybody picks that bow up and is just so surprised at how light it is compared to some of the other recurves and longbows that we make, but it is a looker, um, but it's also a tack driver. Uh, everybody that you ever talk to that has shot or shoots a 59 repro um, is, will just rave about how good the bow feels in your hand and how good it delivers. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, a fun bow to shoot. I'll tell you that. And, uh, 
you know, I was a little mad um, because at the Pope and Young convention, I'm shooting the Mag Riser currently, and I stink and love that bow. And at Pope and Young, uh, they had one of the – I have not shooting the Fredbear camo, and they had one of the green risers on auction. And not just risers, they had one of the green bows on auction, uh, limbs and everything with it. And uh, I was – Chrissy was getting mad at me because I was bidding on it. And she's like, Dylan, you already have that exact bow. And I'm like, but I don't have it in green. And uh, <laughs> and so I'm bidding on that bow, and I'm texting Alec, and I'm like, why in the crap am I buying a bear bow right now You know, from, from the Pope and Young convention? And I was the highest bid, and literally with like two minutes left in the auction, um, we were getting set up for our closing ceremonies. And so um, our events coordinator yelled at me. She's like, Dylan, I need you up here. And I'm like, okay. So I ran out of the auction room, and – like within seconds of me leaving, they had to have, have went in and hired hired a bid over me because I lost it. But I was so stinking mad. Yeah, I almost got it though. That that moss cool. green color is that was one of the original colors. I didn't think I was gonna like it. Seeing it on paper, I didn't think I was gonna like it. Um, and then I saw it at that convention, and I'm like, ah, I'm bidding on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, yeah. it's cool. So you see a lot of guys. Obviously, the Fred Bear camel looks just killer. Um, and it, it does really well, but that moss green having that nostalgia and, uh, being one of the original colors that the original mag riser was offered in, you see a lot of guys that have, um, or at one point owned an original mag riser going for that moss green. Now, what, uh, what bow are you shooting currently, Alec? So I've got several setups <laughs> that changes daily. Um, I'm shooting a redemption, which is what I took to Texas, um, and Fred bear camo. And then I've also got a legit, um, just a black shadow legit, uh, with some upgraded accessories on it that I love to shoot just because it's so light and nimble. Um, and then on the traditional side, I've got a 50th anniversary B handle with three limbs and a, uh, super grizzly. Gabe, what are you shooting? I'm a redemption EKO, man. And you're running up. Super Kodiak or just a Kodiak? Uh, Super Kodiak. I love that thing. How much? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Gabe here, it, Gabe's the kind of guy that makes you mad. Because I was talking to him the other day, and he's like, yeah, I haven't shot my recurve in like five months. And I'm like, well, you're pathetic. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you anymore. And then this morning, uh, before we were recording, we went out to shoot just a bit, and he picked up my mag riser and was just drilling the target. And I'm like, I hate you, dude. Like, <laughs> You're the kind of guy that doesn't shoot for a year and then you're just ready to go somehow. Man, sometimes it's hard being that way, but I just <laughs> it's my roller. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, I'm I'm uh I'm excited for this fall. Um you know, it's my first fall attacking it with a recurve and uh you know, I've got Missouri planned with Gabe and and uh I've got Oklahoma planned with um Liberty Ranch Outfitters. I've got Kansas, of course, and then I'm going to go hunt with our good buddy Jared down in southern Oklahoma. Um, that's going to be a good time. Love uh, Jared, man. That's an awesome place down there. Yeah, I've never deer hunted with him. We've always hog hunted with him. Never deer hunted with him, but I'm excited because uh, I think it'll be fun. Oh, it'll be good. I mean, he's good at what he does. Yeah, no, he is. And, uh, and you know, some things are working out for it to, to look like he's going to be able to spend more time out there with me and just have a good time hunting together. And so... That's going to be a good time. And then hopefully we all get to reconvene in Texas at some point. I'm down, We need man. to, guys. Like, that's, like, top of my list. We need to. You know. I can't wait to shoot bows with Alec just sitting there watching us again. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like you. We don't need to practice. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm a, 
Alec, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way, man, because that, that Texas trip has, has been a, a, um, a tradition for us as a, as a group for what? Three years? Several years now. Three or four years, maybe? Yeah. Well, before it was Oklahoma, before we went with Jared to Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and then it turned into Texas. So really we've had that annual trip for maybe five years, but it's been Oklahoma or Texas for three, I think. Yeah. Pope Um, brothers, man. I I love them people down there. They're great. Clay and Miss, Miss Holly, man, that's such a good time. And it's been one of the highlights of my year. Um, for, for going on four years now. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you feel that way, Alec. And I'm glad that it was a, a good time for you, even though um, you shot a detachable antler. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget about the, uh, what was it? 18 hour ride down there and back and, and one shot. <laughs> and, God, the, everything about that trip was just, it was an adventure from the minute we pulled out of your driveway. I don't even want to hear about the trip because you got out of the, it was 18 hour drive one way. And then you got right in your car and drove all the way to back home that same day. And I'm like, there ain't no way I could do that. Don't forget the debate about uh Whataburger versus in and out, man. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still fired up about that. Cause I'm like, I'm an in and out guy. Hardcore. I was down in Texas. What? Two days ago, I texted Dylan a picture. So there's a four by four. That's not even on the menu. And I downed two of those things and I sent it to Dylan, man. That's, eight by eight. that's right, dude. <laughs> that's right. But, and it's a couple of these guys in the group are all about Whataburger and I just don't understand that. Maybe you guys could give us some more insight on that. <laughs> I did. I ended up, so I kind of had to be the voice of reason because I love them both. Um, <laughs> Whataburger is good too. I'm so we best. pulled into Whataburger and I got a meal and then we pulled into <laughs> in and out two hours later and I got a meal and, yeah. uh, I was pretty full after yeah. <laughs> I felt sick as a dog. No, but uh that's always the best time. Um you're always getting some of the greatest debates on yeah. on deer camp trips. I'm telling you, man. So what can you tell us, Alec, about and, and not necessarily products coming out, but uh what does the next year for Bear look like in terms of you know, total archery challenges? You got you guys played a huge role in total archery challenge this this fall. Or I'm sorry, this summer. Um, so going in the next year, what does the next year for bear archery look like? Uh, it's just going to be, I mean, 2020 was a huge year of growth for us. 2021 has been an even bigger year of growth for us. So we're really just going to keep the momentum moving. And all the feedback that we get, whether it be from events like Total Archery Challenge or social media, um, listeners of the podcast, everything that people want a voice about any of our brands. So whether it be Trophy Ridge or Bear, all that goes to our product development team. And I think that with our launch this year, people are going to be very happy to see some common requests answered um, across both bows and accessories. That means they're coming out with a bow that I can shoot. That's what I requested. I'm like, will you come out with a bow that I can shoot decently? We, uh, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I, there's a bow that we're coming out with that hands down, I know is going to be the bow you're going to be shooting next year. Um, and I say that with utmost confidence, uh, without you even knowing exactly the specs of that bow or, you know, how it looks and feels, but I just, it's right up your alley. Will I be shooting it too, Alec? Tell me something, man. I don't know if we have anything for you. Tell me something good. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we'll get you. Yeah, welcome. He's still sore about the in and out Whataburger debate. 
Alex says you're still Team Waterberg. I don't want to hear you say <laughs> or you're still Team In and Out. Yeah, don't don't say home. Yeah, you brought that back up in his mind, dude. He he had finally <laughs> put that under the rug, and you brought it back up. I'm biting my tongue so hard oh, right man. now. <laughs> hey, I will tell you this though. I mean, shout out to In and Out. I'm I'm a fan of In and Out. We had it in Reno, and it sucked. Like it was one of the worst burgers, fast food burgers I've ever had. See, I, I think in and outs it's only good if you have it in California or Texas. And I will say this, you know, like, Whataburger is more of a Texas thing. You know, you hear this debate in Texas, Whataburger versus in and out And a true Texan will tell you, hey, Whataburger all the way, don't try to California by Texas. You know? So yeah, I'll, I'll say that. That's I'll why Alec that. likes Whataburger. That's right. I'll give you that, Alec. Then it's, I dream about Whataburger sometimes, and I haven't been able to find anything up here in the Midwest that's even remotely close. Wait a minute. What is this podcast all about anymore? We're talking food, man. I'm getting hungry. We're trying to get, we're trying to get Whataburger or In-N-Out on the show as a, as a sponsor. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of food, let's, 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 we'll we'll stay on the topic of food, but let's switch it to wild game. Um, I recently discovered, and I don't even know if I've showed you this yet, and being such a foodie, I've got to show it to you. I discovered Rebel 6 rubs, and there's nine different rubs all designed, each one specifically for a species. So you've got like a sweet bear rub, a spicy whitetail, a a, a Midwestern fish. I mean, just all these different rubs built for different um, species. You are kind of a – you're one of those guys that's not great at cooking but you like to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> me, and, me and Alec both got to enjoy your cooking in Texas, and uh, you could throw down. Um, Thanks, man. So what is one of your favorite wild game dishes to make? So, man, I love elk above all. I mean, that's like my thing. But uh, I grew up cooking whitetail, you know. That's where I kind of got my start for just like campfire cooking and stuff. And uh, a quick recipe, man, it's just that will that'll change your life. I'm just going to be honest with you because everybody's got a backstrap. Take a backstrap and fillet that thing open. I don't have an elk backstrap. No, no. Uh, <laughs> did I say elk? Take a, take a deer backstrap, okay, because everybody's got that. And this is the, this is just so good. And, and butterfly it right down the middle to where you can just lay it open. Are you getting a picture? All right. So you're just going to chop up some pineapples, bell peppers, onions, Anything like that and throw it right in the middle of that. You're going to just drizzle it with olive oil. Mm. You feeling that? You boys You boys with me? Whatever you say. So you're, you're bringing that to Texas lunch again. All right. Prepared. Sounds good. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're going to drizzle that with olive oil, okay? And salt and pepper. That's all you need. Set it on tinfoil. Pour some more olive oil all over the tinfoil. Take some bacon Close that thing up, all of that pineapple, bell peppers, everything on the inside. Close it up, wrap it in bacon, then completely seal it in the tinfoil. Put it in the oven at 350 degrees for an hour and a half. You guys will be singing the praises of Jesus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you We were talking about Steve earlier, but... Now that we're on the topic of food, like that man, that guy's a foodie. Call him like Jeff Boy or D or Emerald or he can <laughs> really throw down when it comes to to cooking. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. I'm I'm just like your your camp chef guy that you know, like, hey, give me some salt and pepper. I want to make something really good. That guy right there, he's like, I'm about to make a souffle uh, that you've never 
tasted nothing like Josh. He's a real chef. Like I'm just, I'm just a campfire guy. But you're right, dude. That's Steve, man. He's the real deal. So here's our plan. We need to we're still keep in Texas. We need it because your lodge has a, a phenomenal kitchen. Yeah. We need to have Steve and Alec down to the lodge on a some kind of hunt. Mm-hmm. Steve can stay in the kitchen while we go out and hunt and just throw down some miraculousness <laughs> and we'll come back and eat. I like how we're just volunteering. Yeah. Steve, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just stay in the kitchen, bro. No. But uh, that that sounds like a plan. Of course, Steve can hunt. We want to let Steve hunt. Absolutely. But, uh, I wouldn't mind letting him throw down in the kitchen either. I'm telling you. So, Alec, you say, um, how did, I've talked to, this This topic has come up on the podcast several times because it's just such an incredibly sexy truck, if I can use that word. Um, such an incredibly sexy truck. How did that giveaway for that truck end out? Or is it still going? Is it over? So it's still going. Uh, because if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen it, Bear Archery did the total archery truck giveaway on the baddest truck I've ever seen. It's unreal, dude. It's literally unreal. unreal. I would, I would sell one and a half of my children for that truck. Like you cannot say that Bear Archery does not love their people and their clientele for them to invest in a truck like that because that thing is insane. Yeah, I'm trying to get Alec to send it to me, but he won't. Um, <laughs> how'd that turn out? Oh, it's it's been awesome and probably one of the coolest campaigns that the brands have run. Um, but it's a 2021 Chevy Silverado, Chevy Silverado um, LT Trail Boss, and then it's completely decked out with just all of your adventure gear, and it's wrapped completely in Fred Bear camo. So. It's, uh, we've got one more event this upcoming weekend in Vermont, and, um, then they will draw a winner and one lucky person will drive away with not only the truck, but all the adventure accessories too. So you've got things like, uh, Firestone tires, Anthem off-road wheels, uh, a sick lightener design bed rack, um, a tent that goes on top of that bed rack from, uh, Free Spirit Recreation, an automatic tonneau cover from retracks. So, I mean, it's, they didn't miss a single thing when we were going through the design process with the total archery challenge team. Um, we went all in and it's just, it stops everybody in their tracks when they see it. Can you imagine being the guy that wins that truck? Oh Lord. Just walk, just literally showing up there and then driving oh, away in that truck. We need to have that dude on the podcast. Whoever wins it, we need to have him on here. Um, Be like, dude, what was it like? I've got a question that I've been curious to know, Alec. What's that? How many miles does does that truck have on it? Because it's a brand new truck, but you guys have had to drive it around to every Total Archery Challenge in America. So it's got to have upwards of, of what? I mean... So it's not as bad as you would think. Uh, last weekend when we were out in Utah, uh, I asked the, the team at Total Archery Challenge since they're the ones that have been taking it from event to event. And I think it's got about 10,000 on it right now. Um, and after they go out to Vermont, I'd say it's probably going to end up between 10 and 15,000 uh, when the person takes delivery of it. Now, listen, I don't need a 2021. I'm just going to send you my 2008 to deck out like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to send it back with a bear archery decal on it. <laughs> I'm no kidding. <laughs> He's going to put a bear archery sticker in the bottom corner of the windshield and ship it back. Uh, uh, Speaking of Fred Bear Camo, let me throw in um, our friends over at Boning. Uh, they make everything you need to build your own arrows, but beyond that, they make some incredible Fred Bear branded products, including 
the Fredbear camo wraps, which is what's on my arrows right now. Uh, they look awesome. Uh, just don't shoot them into the ground because you'll never find them. Uh, <laughs> that's the only bad part about camo wraps, but they look incredible and, uh, and, and they make, here's what I, I don't know if I've told you this, Gabe, they make a Fredbear flannel wrap and that's actually a picture um, pulled from Fredbear's actual flannel shirt. They didn't just like recreate some red and white and black flannel. That is a a a image of Fredbear's flannel. That's cool. And so, uh, and, and I fletched up some of our friend uh, uh, Aaron Zish. I fletched up his arrows, and I did the Fredbear wrap with some white veins, and it was my favorite arrow I've ever built. That's it awesome, looked incredible. Dude. Yeah. Um, so go check out Boning. Um, they also just came out with a really cool pocket quiver. Caught Gabe's attention first thing this morning when he walked out. Yeah. Really cool pocket quiver. So go check out Boning. Um, good friends of mine, good friends of Bear Archery, and some incredible Fredbear branded products. Uh, before we go, gentlemen, you each got to share with me um, a field note you've learned over the years, or just a tip that I can take and put in my back pocket, and uh, that'll make me a better sportsman. Go ahead. We'll start with Gabe. Man, I always say this, but... I, if it's the same one you've given before, you got to give another one. Man, I'm trying to... Do, do I always give the play the wind? Yes, every time. <laughs> okay, so if if I was give a play the win, because I just feel like that's the most important, I would say this, you know, just uh, know know your property. Know what you're going in there. Put your trail cameras out. Uh, don't just go in there blind and throw it up and start hunting. I mean, that's a, that's a good method. Yeah, it works every now and then. But if you can put in the work before, it's going to pay dividends in the long run. So I'd just say put in the work, guys. Take the time. Get your families out there. Take your wife with you. If your wife acts like she doesn't want to do anything in the woods, she's just wanting you to ask her again. That's all that means. No, I don't think it is. No, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You just got to push them and get them out there. Listen, I I know. I know. I just took a, a three-week-old baby to Texas on a three-day trip. Nobody does that kind of stuff, but I just keep pushing, you know. I'm like, babe, we got this. So I took all my girls and my three-week-old. We all just get in and go. Get your families out there, man. Push them to get out there. Have a good time. Put in the work. And know your properties. So know your properties. I pushed um, recently. <laughs> <laughs> I was on, going to Reno uh, for the Pope and Young Convention, and I had already been gone for several mountain archery fest events and uh, and church camps. And I'm like, Chrissy, listen, baby girl, I don't want to be away from you. Uh, will you come with me? And no, Dylan, you'll be working, you'll be busy. I'm like, Chrissy, will you please come with me? And uh, so she came, and I was busy from 6 a.m. till about 1 a.m. every day. So I never saw her. She just sat in the hotel room the whole so time. So Chrissy's actually my cousin. Let me jump in there. Dylan married my cousin. Just so I could be your cousin. I'm still mad about that. No, I'm just kidding. But I can kind of see where this is going already. So I'm, I'm, I'm laughing in my head. So go ahead. <laughs> so she sat in the hotel room all day long alone. Never really saw me. Um, I'd like come up to grab a, you know, change a shirt or whatever for dinner or whatever. And, and so... I, that's the one thing I shouldn't have pushed for was for her to come to Reno. Every time you walked in the door, she probably said, Dylan, you're an idiot. Yeah, every time. No, uh, she enjoyed it. She actually did. Um, she got to meet some incredible people. Um, it was crazy because literally at the Pope and Young Convention, you're meeting idols. And so like, I, we literally walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, Chrissy. I'm like, this is, this is Tom Miranda. And I'm like, Chrissy, Adams. I'm like, Chrissy, meet Tom. Tom, meet Chrissy. And like, I introduced my wife to Tom Miranda. And and Jack Frost. And, and she and, probably had no idea. No, she had no idea. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Um, one guy that I'm I'm kind of a fan of um, is Alan Bolin. Um, he works with Field Ethos, and, and he actually hosts 
um, Hoyt's podcast, but, um, I'm just a fan of him. He's mm-hmm. a cool guy. I follow him for a while and we were hanging out one night after the show kind of winded down. We were, we were sitting around, um, just hanging out, laughing, having fun. And he says, Chrissy says something that Chrissy would say, you yeah. know, just, I'm not going to say anything. She said something dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and Alan just goes, Dylan, dude, your wife's awesome. I love her. <laughs> and for like three days later, she was just like, Alan Boland said I'm funny and that, he, that I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I did, Chris. Yeah, I did. But uh, no, uh, she, I mean, she got to meet some, I mean, uh, Michael Waddell and Remy Warren and, and uh, the legends, some, man. Some legends, man. And uh, of course, she had no idea who they were. So she walked off and would like Google them. And, and uh, <laughs> no, it was fun. Alec, what do you got for us for a field note, my friend? So I'm going to take it a different direction. I'd say good company. I mean, I think our trip to Texas is a testament of that. And then I know every year for, for deer camp in the Midwest with my family, we've got eight to 10 people that come up, whether they're hunting or not. Um, like my aunt will join my uncle and my cousins will come up, but you can just learn a lot and like the camaraderie and stories that come out in the woods at deer camp itself. It's you just can't beat it. And if you've got good company, you know, it's, it's hard to say where you guys will end up, but it's, it, it makes the entire experience that much better. Yeah. If you've got, if you've got good friends along the way, you don't have to kill anything. You're still going to have a blast. That's the truth. Right That's there. just, I yeah. mean, we had so much stinking fun on that trip. And of course, you know, we, we had fun. We had to put up with Grant, um, but we, us three had a good time and we, we <laughs> tolerated Grant. Um, yeah. but no, it was, it was a fantastic time and we can say whatever we want to about Grant because he's not here. So that's right. Yeah. Um, he can't kill us. Alec, what's funny. I don't even know that you ever heard this part of the hunt. Uh, but before the hunt ever even started, like before we ever left, um, it was supposed to be my dad and your dad. And we were supposed to go down with our dads and have a good time. Yep. Well, due to different reasons both of our dads drop out and uh and so i texted gabe grant and nate we're leaving in like 24 hours do you want to come and it was pretty late at night so i, I did i wasn't surprised that i didn't hear back from them and uh so i go to bed and the next morning i get woken up to incredible banging on my door <laughs> i'm talking like somebody was trying to break in my house and so I run to the door and like peek out the window and it's Grant and he's like wearing sweatpants and, and boots with his hunting jacket on and carrying a bow. Like he's <laughs> like, like he's ready to go. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Elmer he's like, Fudd banging on your he's like, I want to go to Texas. I, I, I'm like, okay, we don't leave till like midnight tonight. And he's like, Oh, I, th- I thought I missed it. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I thought I missed it. I woke up this morning and I was like, crap, I missed it. And so I got over here as quick as I could. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going back to bed, man. He's like, okay, well, count me in. I'll go. And I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> so I, I knew when that happened, I'm like, this is going to be a fun hunt. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be a good. good time, man. It really was. It was a blast, an absolute blast. And Grant ended up shooting like 97 animals and, uh, it was a fun time. I'm telling you. Nobody does it like Pope Brothers. Nobody. You shot one hog. Did you shoot anything else? Uh, javelina. And, uh, oh, man. that was another part of this hunt. Oh, let's see. Yeah. So we only had permission to hunt one javelina. Yes. We only had permission to shoot one javelina. Me, Grant, and Alec were on a stock of a javelina. Yeah. And we were trying to get... Like we knew where they were going, and like we were stalking in, trying to cut them off, whatever. Don't bring that up, dude. And I had no clue. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> and Grant just looks at Alec and says, "Never mind." 
Gabe got one. <laughs> Let's pull I, felt, I felt horrible, but I was by myself. I had no way of knowing. Alec, I promise, man, if I'd have known you were on the pursuit of a ginormous javelina, I would have just totally backed off of them right in front of you're me. You're really not getting a bullet. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video I posted. I don't know how, how long ago, obviously a year ago, probably a video I posted and me and Gabe were sitting in the blind and we couldn't kill any more javelinas, but they would come in around our blind and we didn't, we wanted the deer to come in. Yeah. So me and Gabe were sitting there chunking rocks at javelinas, trying to get them to run off. And, and, uh, so well, you got to do that in Texas. Yeah, you, you absolutely do. Yeah, if you want to hunt deer, bring a slingshot. Yeah. Like, if you want to hunt deer, you got to get rid of javelinas. And, uh, and, I start, so I, I go to video game and I'm like, I want to video this so I can tell people why we're doing this. Like, so I can actually be <laughs> informative, um, on keeping the javelinas away in order for deer to come in. And he's like, all right. Yeah. And so I get on the video and he goes to throw one. He just hits the front of the blind right in front of him. <laughs> and I'm like, well, couldn't have picked a better time to start filming than that. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's good times. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Gabe. Thanks for waking up early. Um, yeah. Alec, thanks for joining us this morning. I know it's an, it's an early morning, um, podcast, but, um, sure was nice to finally have you on, man. Yeah. No, I, again, I appreciate the invite. Glad we were able to make it work and looking forward to, to doing it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a good week.